Everlast, what's going on? How are we doing? Yes, it's so good to see everybody. Can we give God glory for just for just worship in that moment? And, uh, and Wes, and for Israel, thank you, brother. So good. So thankful for you guys. Well, hey, my name's Kev. I'm the young adult pastor here by God's grace. And uh, man, uh, Calvary Worship Center, obviously, this is our church. And uh, Everlast is, yeah, woo. Hey, woo for that. Everlast is our young adult ministry here. And uh, if you're new... Listen, thank you for coming. We're so glad that you came. Please do us the favor afterwards, go out and to the, our uh, life center out there. Let us know that you're new. We'll get you kind of signed in. We're not going to spam you or anything like that. And uh, you get a free gift on us just to say thanks for coming. But yeah, it's our desire here at Everlast to encounter Jesus, grow in Jesus, and to make Jesus known. Amen? Amen. So uh, yeah, Tina shared it earlier in that awesome little Bumper video you just saw, we are now in a new series called Mystery Box. And uh, to quote the ever so wise Mrs. Gump, that's Forrest Gump's mom, if you didn't know, it's my favorite movie. Life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. That's right. Basically, in this series, we're going to be going through different topics in the Bible that won't be shared until the night of. Kind of fun, right? Uh, with that being said, let's get started. Tonight, Everlast, tonight we are going to talk through a topic that I believe that we can easily dismiss. We're going to be uh, uh, going through a topic that I feel like can be easily misunderstood. It's a topic that honestly isn't just a topic, it's a serious topic. Well, actually, it's not just a serious topic, it's a serious command. Yet we are so prone to not see it to not view it or live by it as a serious command. Tonight we will be discussing the topic, rather the serious command of rest. Some of y'all are like, thank you, Lord. Like, Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. So grab your Bibles, all right? Matthew 11 is where we're going to start tonight. All right? Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Just a few verses to start out with. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I'm going to go ahead and read it. When you're there, say, I'm there. <laughs> Some dude said, not yet. I'm there. I'm there. There you go. I heard you, JT. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Come to me, all who labor. This is Jesus, by the way, sharing this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Hallelujah. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can we say amen to that? I know Wes just prayed, but let's pray again before we kind of Hop all the way in as we continue in worshiping Jesus through his word. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We so love you so much. (laughs) You are holy. God, we honor you right now. We recognize that, God, you are holy. Hallowed be your name. Thank you, Lord, so much for the work you're doing in this young adult ministry. We're so grateful. Thank you, God. Father, I pray that as we continue in worship through your word, that you would help us to truly understand of what what it means to rest in you. 
God, help us to surrender all of our thoughts and all of our affections to you. And I'll just give you a brief moment. I encourage you, pray that for your own heart. Just pray this for your own heart. Say, God, speak to me tonight. Simple prayer. Say, just God, would you speak to me tonight? And next, I'd encourage you to pray for those on, pray that same prayer for those on your left and right. Say, God, would you speak to them tonight? And lastly, I just would kindly ask that you please pray for me, that God would use me to make things clear and helpful. Well, Father, please speak to us now. We love you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, the longest I've ever been awake was when I was in Russia. This was my second trip to this country, and I was specifically on mission working with different orphanages um, in different cities. It was, uh, it was an amazing trip where we were able to minister to many, many, many children, many people. Uh, the city that we ended our trip in was Nizhny Novgorod. Say that five times fast. It was, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to do that. It was, our, it was our final day, and because of the eight-hour time difference, our team was up and awake uh, bright and early between like 5.30 and 6 a.m., which, by the way, why do we call it bright and early when it's just not bright, it's dark? It, it should be called dark and early. Would you agree? Amen. That's just just a thought. Anyways, we y'all, we still had a full day of work ahead of us, but since it was, you know, but when our final day was over, you know, the the plan was to leave Nizhny like at midnight to take a six-hour drive to Moscow and uh, you know to make our international flight back to the States. Now we had 16 uh, people total in our team, and we needed two vans to drive us. At midnight, we were all on the curb with our bags, our gear, ready to go. And, uh, you know, again, remember, it was like a long day. We were awake early, long day, midnight, here it is. We were all just so tired. Um, But while we were on the curb, there was a problem. Only one driver and one van showed up. So, you know, they had to call this other dude in uh, who was off of work to then come into work to bring the second van that we needed to go to Moscow. Uh, y'all, this guy was not happy. He was, he was, a, he was an angry elf. Uh, he, he showed up, and it, but it obviously wasn't our fault that, you know, the other employee didn't show up to work. Anyway, since he was called into work to drive us to Moscow, I'm, I'm just telling y'all, he was so tired. You could literally just see it, the tiredness of him when, when he pulled up. Uh, now, here's kind of what happened. I was a leader of, of one van, and, we, and the other leader of our trip was the leader of the other van. And uh, you fast forward about three hours, my team was asleep, but it was my responsibility to stay awake to make sure we were all safe and good to go. Um, we were about the halfway mark to, Mo- halfway mark t- uh, to Moscow uh, when all of a sudden, I'm sitting kind of in the, um, not the front seat, but the back seat, uh, the front seat wasn't sat in. I was right here, but he was looking out the window. All of a sudden, I see the van go slightly right, and a little more right, and then very right. 
y'all, our driver fell asleep at the wheel. And uh, since I'm fluent in Russian, kidding, I then yelled as loud as I could, Zrasvoytia! Which is just the formal way of saying hello in Russian. Uh, the, drive, the, the driver, y'all, he was going to highway speed, then grabbed the wheel to turn left. He woke up, like jerked, woke up, you know, turned the wheel left to, to, correct, to correct us from wrecking off the road. Y'all, the entire, the entire van woke up and just screamed, ah, dude, we're freaking out. Uh, you ever see those hilarious videos where there's like someone that's, a, uh, you know, the, the group is awake and there's that one person that's asleep? And they act like they're getting in a wreck. And the person wakes up like, ah, you know, freaking out. No, this, this was opposite. It was me, one dude awake. The other team, the whole team was asleep. I screamed. They wake up. We're all screaming. We're freaking out. Y'all, but this was real. This wasn't like a joke to put on, you know, make a video. So, yeah, praise God. It was, everything was fine. But, y'all, we went very off, like, too off-road. He was asleep. It was nuts. Both drivers pulled over to take a smoke break and to ultimately wake up our driver. We then got back on the road an hour or so, uh, you know, about an hour later. And guess what? My van, an hour later, guess what? I was back asleep. I was like, heck no. I'm not letting this joker kill me or us. No, I am not resting. I'm awake for sure the rest of the night. Praise God we made it to the Moscow airport. You know, our journey back home to Texas continued as we had a three-hour, uh, we waited three hours for our plane to depart Moscow. And then we had a 12-hour flight to Houston. By the way, your boy Kev does not sleep on planes at all, like can't sleep on planes. Then once we landed, I had to drive my truck and trailer full of our gear with our team back to Houston. I'm sorry, from Houston back to Texas. I'm sorry, Wow. From Houston, which is in Texas, back to Dallas-Fort Worth, which is also in Texas. Y'all, at around 42 hours, I, give or take, um, it was the longest I'd ever been awake. My body and mind were both absolutely freaking out. Eyes completely bloodshot, like just so tired. I got home and I just crashed, had the most trippy dream sleep ever in my life you know my body was, was it honestly experiencing uh, what what is called hypnic jerks jerks you know like twitching in your sleep waking up just like sleeping so deep I, w- I was so tired from staying awake so, so long and working so hard and so long yeah speaking of sleep or lack thereof sleep uh, let, let me give you some stats y'all ready for some fun sleep stats let's do it on average Americans spend two hours a night dreaming Hmm, bet you didn't know that. For a, listen to this. For adults over the age of 40, 69% of men, 76% of women uh, get up to use the bathroom at least once a night. What's sad is that I turn 35 next month, and I feel like I'm already a part of that percentage, which just, honestly, if I could just be brash, that sucks. Um, I guess it's my fault, though, also. I just drink a lot of water for bed, so there you go. Did you know that a giraffe... only needs 1.9 hours of sleep a day. Whereas a brown bat needs 19.9 hours a day. Y'all check this out. Humans, on the other hand, listen, humans, that's us, right? (laughs) We spend one-third, one-third of our life sleeping. This obviously defers on the age, you know, but on average... 
it's around a third, which is just truly crazy if you think about it. The average human spends, uh, uh, spends just under 80 years, lives just 80 years on earth. That's the average human life. Of those years, a mind-blowing 26 years will be spent sleeping. But what's more surprising is that an additional seven years will be spent on trying to get to sleep. Some of you are all like, no, let's like 10, you know, <laughs> right? Listen, that, that's a total of 33 years or, uh, or 12,045 days spent in bed. 33 years out of 80 years. Everlast, why do we sleep so much? Why do we sleep a third of our life? Well, I can think of a couple reasons. Listen, honestly, for real, I truly believe God is trying to show us something here. I really believe it. That's just not just because it's just whatever. I really believe God's trying to show us something. Listen, God didn't just design sleep for us to feel better. While that is true, I would say that the first reason why we sleep so much is that God is primarily giving us a continual reminder that we cannot make it without him. Think about it. Sleep is necessary for us to live on earth, just like salvation is necessary for us to live in heaven. Honestly, you could say God designed sleep as yet another reminder that he saves. God gives us sleep to keep us physically alive. God gives us salvation to keep us spiritually alive. There's always, it's just so beautiful and how, how God designed and how he created everything. There's purpose in everything. You know, people say the devil's in the details. Nope. Nuh-uh, God is in the details. God is in the details. When you go back to bed tonight, you can rejoice in the goodness of God and how he gave us sleep to yet again remind us of his saving grace. Another reason why we sleep so much is God's showing us a deeper-rooted issue in our hearts. I truly believe this. You see, God is for us, and he designed sleep to continually tell us that we need to slow down. To be still and know that he is God. It's obvious that tiredness is a very real thing. You know, what's a very common response when you ask someone, hey, how you doing? How's it going? What do people say? Good. It's a common, but I'm tired, but, but I'm good. Tired. <laughs> Got a lot going on, but I'm good. That's a common thing nowadays. I mean, honestly, like I've fallen subject to that. I just said that recently. And uh, yeah, but I... But is there anything wrong with saying that? No, 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 not at all. But I think what plays into this is a deeper-rooted issue that's going on in us in, in, in our society today. The sleepfoundation.org is a group of trained researchers and writers along with medically certified sleep uh, uh, physicians and doctors. They did a survey, survey this year, 2022, on sleep stats and patterns. Through the, uh, the data and the research, sleepfoundation.org, came to the conclusion and showed staggering, stat, staggering stats of the sleep deprivation problem that has continued to rise in the United States. Like it's just going up. That's all it's doing is just going up. Y'all, the studies so clearly show that insufficient sleep is most definitely detrimental in many different ways. Y'all, overall tiredness throughout the day and work, it can obviously enable bad discipline and lateness, unreliability in you, weight gain, irritability, etc. It's been recorded that 75% of people with stress, depression, and anxiety are directly linked in some, to some level of insomnia or overall insufficient sleep. 
Studies and simple facts show that sleep deprivation is actually quicker to harm you than starvation. A human can go up to three weeks without food. But the world record of staying awake the longest was by Rodney Gardner. Homeboy was in high school. 1963, world record, look it up. 11 days and 25 minutes. It says that Gardner's record attempt was attended by Stanford Sleep uh, researcher Dr. William C. DeMint and other, many other doctors and health professionals. You know, don't try this at home. You know, kind of, um, accounts of Gardner's sleep deprivation experience and medical response became widely known, like widely known among the sleep research community. Why did Randy Gardner do this? No freaking clue. I, I, I would much rather hold a different world record, like, like way cooler, way more restful, like most beaches to nap on, you know, or something. Like that's, that's the kind of record I want to set. I like, me and my wife watch Dude Perfect, and they have so many, so many awesome world records that are just crazy. Like let's do that. I don't, like let's stay awake for a little, what, what? No, I'm not going to do that. Now check this out. Uh, in the hustle and bustle of today's society, a lot of people have tried so many different methods to withstand sleep deprivation and to try to get, get a good night's rest. One popular way, one po very popular way, has been taking melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone produced by the brain's pea-sized, pea-sized pineal gland. Y'all, it's truly amazing. It's truly amazing how God designed us. The, the body kicks up production of this hormone, uh, melatonin, when it's dark out, right? And in essence, you know, it, it, it reduces uh, when it's daylight. Because of that, melatonin plays a crucial role in helping our bodies maintain a healthy sleep rhythm. Check this out. Sales of melatonin supplements in, in the U.S. in the U.S. alone grew from 62 million in 2003 to 378 million in 2014. That's an increase of 500%. In the recent year of 2020, melatonin sales in the States have raised even higher to now almost $1 billion in sales. Question is why? Why? Why are we so tired? Here's a couple reasons. One reason is that we live in a world, y'all, <laughs> we live in a world and specifically a westernized culture that actually promotes hustle. Full schedules, leaving us weary, burnout, spread thin and tired. There's always another project to tackle, another item on, to, on our to-do list, another goal to accomplish. What's crazy is that we often idolize productiveness and hide weariness. Or, because productiveness is so prevalent, we will also do the opposite of hide weariness and we'll actually boast about weariness. It's like we compare our schedules and work to others and, you know, and, and to see who's doing more. And whoever is doing more is winning more. But I would contend that, that, I would contend that doing more may actually mean you're not winning more, but rather losing more. Don't hear what I'm not saying, though, Everlast, because, listen, work is necessary. Yes and amen. Y'all, it's commanded as well. The Bible has an abundance of wisdom on this topic of, of work. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it. That was at the beginning, a long time ago. Since the beginning, work has been a part of God's plan for humanity. 
He created it. That means you can view the act of working as a gift, even if you don't love your job. Some of you are like, amen. Right? The apostle Paul said, listen, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. That's Colossians 3, 23 to 24. These words can be especially encouraging and and challenging if you don't like your job or have trouble getting along with your boss or whatever the case may be. The Bible tells us that all Christians Christians are are ultimately working for the Lord. Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do unto the glory of God. Whether you're making a peanut butter jelly sandwich for little ones or be honest for yourself. I used, to, I used to actually get those, to get crunchy Cheetos. I, I, I don't know where I am on the debate, crunchy or puffs. I don't know. I like both. I just love Cheetos. But I used to stick my Cheetos in the PB&J, and they stick out the side and call it spider sandwich. It's great. Absolutely delish. Try it. But really, whether you're typing emails in your cubicle or, or doing whatever your boss says, scrubbing toilets or whatever, your hard work, y'all, brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. But check this out. In the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment says in Exodus 20, 8 through 10, we're going to read it. Remember this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Why are we so tired? Another reason is, check this out, listen close. We live in a culture, everlasting, that simply ignores this commandment. Listen close, y'all. In God's eyes, rest is as serious as work. Rest is as serious as work. Let that sit for a sec. Just as God created work, he also created rest. He never meant for his people to be workaholics. That's not something to boast in that's not that's something to desire he did he never created his people to be workaholics working and working and working and working and not resting can push you to the point where you actually completely forget amnesia how to relax and how to rest by the way quick rule of thumb quick rule of thumb If you find yourself nervous and anxious when you're not doing anything at all and always impatient to go somewhere or to do something, you may be a borderline workaholic. That's something I encourage you to to take to God. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you in this and remind you of the rest in the Lord. We're going to keep working in that. I love what Billy Graham said. Check this out. Billy Graham said this. I think it's on the screen for you. Our work was never meant to become the center of our lives. That place belongs only to God. Someone who brags about working 70 or 80 hours or more a week probably thinks they are the master of their job, but in reality, they have become its slave. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. We hear those voices in our head that we will never have peace, we will never do, we'll never be enough. And in reaction to those voices, what do we do? Well, we 
do and try more and more and more and more until there's nothing left to give, completely wearisome and tired. My friends, Everlast, when there is a constant struggle of trying to reach further and do more and be better on your own strengths and gifts and talents and experience, this leaves you on E for, for empty. <laughs> when we're pulling from our, I, listen, when we're pulling from our own limited resources rather than Jesus' unlimited supply of life, we're walking in the opposite, of direc- the opposite direction of his path to rest. The opposite direction. Again, to God, rest is as serious as work. So just like we are meant to work for the Lord, we are, we are meant to rest in the Lord. Because weariness, y'all, check it out, doesn't just look like dark circles under your eyes or the 2 p.m. caffeine crash at work. Looking weary is often not that obvious. Something y'all need to know is that physical tiredness is tricky. It's tricky. It can lead us to believe Seriously, it can lead us to believe that our tiredness is is due to the outer circumstances beating us down. But I would contend for a different diagnosis for our weariness. Why? Well, I would say weariness of the soul is often felt before it's seen. Weariness of the soul is often felt before it's seen. You see... Y'all, weariness doesn't just come from the physicality of work, of having, or having a full schedule, you know, a pin threw up on your calendar or whatever, you know, lack of sleep. You know, weariness doesn't just come from hustling and, and, and tackling all that's on your to-do list and all that's on your plate. Y'all, 99% of the time, the reason for weariness is not stemming from outer circumstances, but from inner. Hence, you feel weariness happen before you see weariness happen. End of the day, end of the day, the symptom to your weariness is never the problem. The problem is your heart. The symptom to your weariness is never the problem. The problem is your heart. Y'all, the tentacles of weariness are connected to worry, anxiety, addictions, doubt, fear, and the like. And all of those are attached to the core of your heart. Listen, if your heart isn't, if your heart is not at rest in the Lord, then the outer battlefield of, you know, all your circumstances are going to be fought with really weak armor. The truth is we need God to do surgery, and we need him to do surgery often in our tickers. (laughs) God is always out for our hearts because he knows that that's where true rest takes place. To rest, we have to trust in our hearts that God is in control and he's going to take care of things for us, for his glory. We have to trust that if we take a day off that the world is not going to, you know, stop turning on its axis. Listen, while resting outwardly is something that helps, I would say resting inwardly is something that heals. Resting outwardly is something that helps, but resting inwardly is something that actually heals. You can think of it this way. Outer rest is like a Band-Aid, while inner rest is like actual medicine. Here's the thing, though. You may be sitting here tonight feeling like, you're like, Kev, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing great. But, but can, I just, can I just 
challenge you maybe with something. You have to look inward and ask if you're doing great by world standards or by Jesus' standards. All these things we talked about thus far, sleep, slowing down, not striving on our own strength, etc., are all aspects of rest. And rest, just like everything, again, comes down to your heart and your willingness to not only obey God's command to rest, but to ultimately trust his command to rest. Tonight I'm going to give you, and I'm going to end with, a simple acronym to help show you what the Bible says is Jesus' standards for two rest. A simple acronym. By the way, this is an order. This is going to be an order. And uh, no joke, uh, about this, the Holy Spirit gave this to me almost three years ago. I wrote it down in, in my, my kind of journal, my notes thing on my, my phone. And I'm just kind of waiting to share it. And I feel like tonight's tonight. Simple. I pray that it's helpful, that the Holy Spirit uses it for you. In order, starting with R for rest, right? Acronym for rest, restoration. R, restoration. Psalm 23, verses 2 through 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He what? Restores my soul. When we seek rest in Jesus, the first thing that is in order, the first thing that's in order is to be restored by his grace. When we aren't resting in the Lord, we get leaky. And when we get leaky, leaky's fun, say leaky. <laughs> Listen, when we get leaky, the only way to be truly restored is to go to God. I know that's something that we hear. We hear, of course, Kev, yeah, got it, go to God. Like, are you going to God if you're weary? We read at the beginning. We're going to read again later. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. I'll give you rest. It's like we literally have the answer. You know, it's crazy. Netflix and food and social media, y'all are very temporary substitutes for rest. While they work for a little bit, they don't last. Y'all know that. They don't last. What I love about this psalm that we just read is that God is so serious about your rest and he's so serious about being for us is that it says that he will make you lie down. He'll make you lie down. You can't do nothing about it. Now that can happen in a plethora of different ways, of course. Thinking about this reminds me of one night back in Texas where Tina and I are from. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Being from North Texas, we, uh, we lived near what is called Tornado Alley, uh, which is a loosely defined area in the, you know, in the U.S. where tornadoes are most uh, you know, frequent. Although the official boundaries of this Tornado Alley aren't like so like, you know, clearly defined, the main alley extends from northern Texas through Oklahoma and and, and Kansas and Nebraska and, and Iowa. This one, there's this one particular night, y'all, we were sound asleep. I'm talking that good sleep. Just sleeping. Just sleep. Sleep. When all of a sudden, Tina jumped up from bed and yelled, Kev, Kev, there's a tornado. Go check and see. I immediately got up. I said, go get to the, go get in the bathtub. Not because she was stinky, but like our bathtub, the bathtub in this house particularly was the only place where there was no window so that she could be safe. And maybe, you know, get clean if she wanted to as well. She's not stinky. She's, I, I'm stinky. Um, I ran to the front door to get like the best view. 
that I could. I, y'all, I bolted. I ran. She was like, this is happening. I ran, and you'll never, you'll never guess what was happening. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, there was some thunder, a little bit of rain. Cool. I go back to the bedroom to find Tina very asleep. Like just sleeping. Remember that sleep, sleep? She was there. She went back to that sleep, sleep. Guess who couldn't go back to sleep for a good, good solid couple hours? This guy. This guy. Unlike Tina making me, making me wake up from rest to go check on a tornado and lose sleep, God, on the other hand, makes us rest. Amen. <laughs> Everlast, something you need to know is that God will purposely interrupt your work or whatever you're doing to restore you. Again, he is for you. He's for you. You may not like the interruption, but your Father in Heaven knows. Listen, y'all. Your, your Father, yours, your Father in Heaven. Don't, this isn't, yes, this is a corporate thing, but let's individualize this. Your Father in Heaven knows that you've been going too long, too hard, and it's time to rest. He knows that. Does God give us physical rest? Absolutely. We just talked about that. But not just our bodies, but more importantly, again, our hearts. In our hearts, trusting his will, trusting his way, trusting his grace. Y'all, that's where we can truly be at rest. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outer man is perishing, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. Honestly, y'all, listen, true restoration happens when we take the time to gaze at God. Key phrase, take the time to gaze at God. Why do we, you know, yeah. Why do we need restoration? Well, it actually, we don't start, we don't just stop at restoration, right? Next word. This leads us to the second word for rest. Restoration leads to E, evaluation. Evaluation. This step is very important, but y'all, it's honestly the easiest to skip. Why? Well, to evaluate means to assess what's going on. And if you're weary, simply put, it very well may be because you're not staying, staying connected to Jesus. But to evaluate what's going on in your heart is not to just, we don't, this, this, the purpose of this step isn't just to leave it in observation status. Y'all, there's, there's a lot more. For the believer, it's through the indwelling grace and power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to truly evaluate what kind of disconnect or lack of trust is happening in our hearts. He will show us if we're finding our identity and ultimate rest in what we do, in, a, in what we do and what we accomplish, or what Jesus has already done and already accomplished. He takes the disconnected ideals that we have toward rest and truly connects them to the life-giving nature of Jesus. It's one of the main, one main roles of the Holy Spirit. What, let me ask this, what's the arch nemesis of your evaluation step? Easy, you. You. Why? Well, we don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> we don't like, you know, we don't want to be told that we're wrong. We want to be right. We want to be the ones that's in control. I think a great prayer to pray in this, I think I had it on the screen for you, just a simple prayer, a great prayer to pray collectively as a young adult ministry is this, God help me see past me until I see you. It's these simple prayers that, man, just the Holy Spirit uses in such mighty ways I know in my life. And I pray in yours too. One of the Holy Spirit's main roles is to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto God. 
What he will do is spotlight. Listen, the Holy Spirit in this evaluation step will spotlight your need to be in control or your need to prove yourself or your need to knock out the to-do list. That's like like you're worshiping at the feet of your to-do list or whatever it may be. He will bring your sin of self-sufficiency and self-reliance up from your heart and into the light and shine Jesus really bright. I love how Francis Sam put it when he said, If we don't stare at God, we'll spend time staring at lesser things, namely ourselves. If we don't stare at God, we'll spend our time staring at lesser things, namely ourselves. I like to put it this way. I've said this phrase before, but kind of rearrange the words. Listen to this. Weariness equals gazing at the world while glancing at God. Rest equals glancing at the world while gazing at God. Our rest isn't looking to ourselves to do more to obtain the rest. It comes from properly evaluating ourselves, then letting the good news of Jesus bring true rest. Guess what? Just like restoration, true evaluation happens when we take the time to what? Gaze at God. Once we've evaluated where our hearts are at, we then move to our next word and rest. That is S, saturation. Saturation. When someone is saturated, what are they? They're soaked, right? They're soaked. I mean, imagine jumping into the ocean or a pool or whatever. You're being fully engulfed with water. When you're tired and weary, here's a great question. Let me ask you this. When you're tired and weary, what do you saturate yourself with? What do you, we talked about other things. You know, we talked about some of the things earlier. You know, those temporary fixes, Netflix or food or entertainment or your phones or whatever. Y'all know just as much, y'all know just as much as me that those are just, that's just a band-aid. That doesn't do nothing. Are those things wrong in and of themselves? No, there's, a, there's an absolute redemptive way of going about all those things. I, I personally think we're spending way too much time on all these things. I'll be the first to admit that. Absolutely. What do you satur- saturate yourself with? The greatest tool God will use after, after your heart is evaluated is his word. It's his word. The Bible brings the healthiest saturation for your heart. Hebrews 4.12, familiar passage, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. Wow. The false, listen to this, the false narratives that your weariness tries to tell gets washed away by the true imperatives of the word. Psalm 119 says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. A great rule of thumb when it comes to saturation is to read the Bible until it reads you. Don't just read the Bible like a newspaper. That's easy. You know, if, if, we're, if you're, I mean, yes, it's great. Don't, don't, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But just being honest, like, if I, I can't go a thousand miles on one tank of gas, that's impossible. I would argue, you, you know, like to just to have one verse that you read and then you like don't for a few months, that, that's, you know, it's the same kind of a thing. So when it comes to that, like, man, may we be a young adult ministry that is saturating ourselves in the word. Not just talking it, not just walking it, but our talk also walks it, <laughs> both. Um, just like restoration and evaluation, true saturation happens when we what? Take time to gaze at God. 
When we are saturated in the word of God, we naturally, uh, what naturally flows from that and leads us to our final point of rest uh, is this, T, transformation. Transformation. It's in this step where we really experience peace. Why? Well, it's in the step after having been saturated with the word. We now, what? We pray, pray, pray. The Bible says in Romans 12 to be constant in prayer. To be constant in prayer. Prayer is powerful. It's, it's something, it's not just something we do before we eat. It can't just be that. It's not just something we do when we want God to, to do something for us. And then when he doesn't answer how we want, we get mad. Like that's, no. It isn't just us bringing a grocery list to God. No, prayer is surrendering and trusting that God is God, and we're not. Prayer is showing that our faith in Christ is not just some like religious function, but it is obviously relationship. Prayer is where true transformation takes place. We say it here at Everlast all the time. I think my wife said it a couple weeks ago, but we're not just here for information. We're here for transformation. God wants to take your weariness and transform it uh, into rest in him. Isn't that amazing? Like, I mean, to think that God cares that much about us. Wow. There's no one like our God. He didn't just create us to be his little minions or pawns. He, he, he created us to, to worship him and to find ultimate rest in him. True transformation in our hearts happens when we take time to what? Gaze upon God. Just to kind of have it on the screen for you so you can see it. Uh, it's rest is Restoration, evaluation, saturation, transformation. I truly believe it. By the way, going through these steps for rest isn't just meant for like some seven-day like vacation where you retreat and get away and you have to like take all this time and you know go through each step and each day rep, each letter represents a day and you go through the letter. No, no, like that's no. Listen, like you can you can literally go through these four steps in a in a moment's notice. Like, y'all, I, I lead worship here at our church often, you know, by God's grace, me and Wes, and I'm over here, and I'm leading. It's like the national sign of leading, of leading worship. Like, you know, and I'm leading worship, and in a moment's notice, in a moment's notice, I can forget who I am in Christ. In a moment's notice, I can care about all what you think about me rather than knowing who Christ, what Christ says about me. And I'm resting in what you think of me, just being known. And obviously that can manifest in so many different ways in how we live our lives. So in a, again, it doesn't have to be rest, this acronym thing, this, these steps, doesn't have to be a long thing. Like in, in a moment's notice, like these millisecond moments with God as I'm leading, like I'm multitasking, da, 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 juggling all the things. Like in the moment where you're juggling at your work and all of those moments, it's like, okay, God, I need to be restored in you. Your word says, we just a great example, Psalm 23. God, you, you make me lie down. You, re, you restore my soul. God, you, God you, you restore the, would you restore the joy of my salvation in you? And then once that happens, next, God, like, okay, what, like, you, you evaluate, what's going on? Why am I caring so much about what they think? Or why am I so tired? Or what, like, what, what's, what's connected to this? Is it, is it, what, what, what is it? We evaluate what's going on. Then we saturate it with the word of God. That's, that's our offensive weapon, period. We saturate it. And I think to myself, okay, God, your word says, Romans 8, that nothing can separate me from your love. Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Not what my pastors or leaders or, or peers or whatever, or coworkers or bosses think of me. No, nothing separates me from your love. And then in that moment, you pray it, you stick it, and you're transformed in it. And God, and like in, in, in literally seconds, you can go through this resting, 
Restoration, evaluation, saturation, and then transformation. That's resting in Jesus. The Bible says in Galatians that we must not grow weary for doing good. Amen? It's like my pop always said. <laughs> my dad, he, I love my dad so much, man. He says, you know, he just has got such great one-liners. He said, when you're pooped from serving the Lord, that's the good kind of tired. It's so, it's so true. It's so true. If you have, listen, check this out. If you came tonight and you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, let me tell you something. You will indeed be restless until you rest in Jesus. I'm sure a lot of us that know the Lord, hopefully all of us, would testify to that. Would, would raise your hand. I mean, how many agree with that? Raise your hand. You are indeed restless until you rest in Christ. Our salvation, listen, our salvation isn't given to us because of any type of amount or of work that we do. Our salvation rests in the perfect and completed work of Jesus. Love, this, love these two verses. We should quote them often as Christians, if you're a believer in the room. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Jesus did what we could not do so that we could do what our heart longs to do, and that's rest. <laughs> God doesn't just give us rest for our bodies, but more importantly, for our souls. If you place your faith in Jesus, believing that he is the one true God, you are saved from being eternally separated from him, and you will have a forever restful relationship in him. I want to read it again, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 uh, through 30, it says, come to me. Jesus said, come to me, all who uh, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everlast, rest is as serious as work. God created it and commanded it. Y'all need to feel that tonight. Healthily feel that. Rest isn't like he commanded it, so, oh, rest. Like, no, like that's, again, we, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. May we be a young adult ministry that takes the time to gaze upon God and to find true rest in him. Amen.